What up? What up? Raw dating advice after hours. Welcome to the second week that we're officially doing this. Let me know. Can you guys hear me all right as we're coming on in the chat? I want to know if this microphone is working. Test, test, one, two, three. I also want to know um, if you guys enjoyed last week and if you guys uh, enjoy the new studio set. I think we're really excited for... I'm getting thumbs up. What's the thumbs up for, Chris? <laughs> oh, you can hear us? Oh, you're testing it? Dope. Well, still comment. Let me know who you are, where you're listening in from. I look forward to engaging in conversation with you guys. Um, but anyways... On today's video, I want to talk about how to 10x your ability to attract women. And specifically in this video, um, well, I guess not even this video, this podcast, this live stream. First off, what's up, Eric? Um, first off, just know that with these live streams on the YouTube channel, um, these are kind of, I guess, more informal, more fun. Obviously, I'm cracking a beer before our Thursday live stream. Um, I'll come with some material prepared, but um, I kind of want to just make this as interactive as possible. So each week, including this week, I plan on, actually, let me go live on Instagram. I plan on taking calls on Instagram. If you guys have a question that you wanna ask me, you gotta, you can call in live to the Raw Dating Advice After Hours show on my Instagram. I believe the link to that is in the description box below. But also, uh, this is what happens. Every time you fucking open Instagram, you get distracted. It sucks you right in. Uh, <laughs> I saw one of my buddies posts. I was like, oh, that's cool. All right. So specifically on this week, um, I want to talk about three habits that are going to 10x your ability to attract women. And these are habits that I've noticed that most of the guys who consistently get good results with quality girls in their dating life and have the ability to date from abundance are doing these three things. And if you guys are curious what to know what they are, then uh, let me know. And also, if you have any questions as you guys come on live, go ahead and ask them in the chat. Um, also, one fun thing that we're gonna start doing is I have like a bunch of these like random card games that I usually play when I have people over at my place. Um, but I was like, maybe it'd spark some intriguing conversation and uh, some fun stories if I started whipping out these cards in between all the points that we make, especially if I lose my train of thought, which sometimes tends to happen, especially if we're cracking open PBRs. So let's see. Let me pull up my notes. Chris, did you have anything you wanted to add? My man, my man. Nothing, nothing else to add. Okay. Well, these are the three keys to attracting an abundance of quality women in your dating life. And I'll be honest, man, I think without these three things, if you did nothing but kept these three things in mind, uh, you would have a higher quality dating life simply because think about why most people struggle in dating. One, they struggle to meet uh, an abundance of quality women. They struggle to meet uh, women that on a consistent basis, right? If you haven't, if you don't have the ability to at least be lining up your dates uh, your weeks with like at least one to two dates a week, um, you're probably not meeting enough women. Sometimes I'll be talking to guys who are like, yeah, like my dating life's pretty good. I'll be like, all right, well, when's the last date you went on? Yeah, like last November, dude, it's April. <laughs> you went on a date five months ago, right? So there's one kind of note that maybe you're in scarcity with women or you could be stepping it up. Uh, another one is one guy I'll be like, well, when's the last time you like met a girl that you could have potentially dated that you were attracted to? Um, and I only ask this because back when I was um, not quite getting the results I wanted in dating, I remember it was like maybe once or twice a year that I would have like a flirty interaction with a girl who was like actually into me. Um, 
or like I could have had some chemistry with that girl. But in reality, um, one to two a year, which I feel like is actually normal, uh, ironically. Um, how many of these girls are you meeting in person? Um, that's that's kind of, that's slacking. That's really slacking, right? And here's kind of just uh, the opposite side of that coin is like, if you're, if you're actively working on your dating life and you're actively taking action with a lot of what we teach, on raw dating advice, especially if you're one of my clients and you are in some of my courses like, you know, Words That Make Her Want You, Legendary Game, or Women on Demand Virtual Bootcamp, um, you need to be uh, you need to be approaching at least uh, I would say three girls a day. Like, or if you think about like three girls a day, that's like 21 girls a week. Like sometimes you could go out on Friday, Saturday night alone, and if you're actively diligent about approaching women, you could you could be meeting 20 girls in one night. Right. And, and this is another distinction before we get into these like three things that are really going to help you 10x your ability to attract these women that you start meeting. I think it's important to talk about how to meet these women first, especially for some of you guys who are not quite in abundance with options to even be practicing on. Um, don't be don't be prioritizing DMing women online or Instagram or like messaging women online, because the fact of the matter is um, what we're going to be talking about today the three aspects of really attracting women on, on a fundamental level where you're able to create that intrigue right off the bat, but then also make her sexually and romantically interested in you and then be able to keep that attraction alive for however long you see fit. Um, it's really gonna come down to the, I, I would consider these like three cornerstones of like any relationship, right? Is like conversational chemistry, like the chemistry you guys have with each other as two people relating to each other. Also, physical chemistry. We'll come back to this in a second. And then the other aspect is like the long term of you guys' life. And I, I'm going to talk about it in the terms of edginess, but think about like what are you, what kind of life is she coming into if she did decide to get in a relationship with you or hang out with you for longer than one night or two weeks? You know what I'm saying? So we're going to be talking deeper about these three aspects today and kind of how you can apply these attraction techniques to those areas of your life. But as you're coming on, let me know if you guys have any questions and, you know, let's make this conversation. Let's make this engaging. So before we get into the first one, Chris, why don't we have you draw at random one of these cards? Any card. Any card. Pick a card, any card. A true magician. Yes. One funny thing is me and Chris used to be really into card magic. Um, I was into card magic before I got into game with women um, because I would, I would like practice sleight of hand card magic for like five, six hours a day. For any of you guys who are like actual magicians who, who are watching this, um, I was like, I would be scoping that website illusionist, like in all the blogs, like in the early 2000s. Um, I was super into this shit. And I remember I would be like practicing these card tricks, imagining like a future scenario where I was at a party and I whip out this deck of cards and I do this, this magic trick and all the girls go crazy and this girl wants to give me her number. But then... I actually learned how to attract women and realized all that mag those magic tricks are completely not um, <laughs> not necessary to attract women. And I remember the first ever email list I ever got on myself. A lot of you guys are on my email list where I'm sending daily value to you guys in the email inbox. One of the first email lists I ever got on was a a, mag a magician's like email list talking about like how to do magic tricks. And I remember I unsubscribed and there was like a little survey of like, hey, why did you unsubscribe? And I, and I literally typed, I realized I could get girls by improving how to talk to girls rather than 
using magic to get girls. Um, something along those lines. I completely butchered it. But hey, fuck it. It's Thursday night, Thirsty Thursday. Chris, the card you drew was what did you learn a little too late? Ooh. Ooh. I would say I learned game a little too late in life. I would say, let me ask you this. How many of you guys have learned? Let me know in the comments, you know, as you guys are coming on in the, in the, I think there's a live chat or if you're watching the replay, there's comments below. Um, but let me know how many of you guys felt like you started learning this stuff a little too late in life. Because here's the thing. I, I, I tell my hero story all the time. Like my, my story of how I hit rock bottom when I was a 21 year old virgin. Shortly after that, I got friend zoned by two girls in a row who both crushed me. And, but that low moment, you know, was the moment that I had both the inspiration and the desperation to, to, to reach the, the heights that I'm at now. But, um, I think a lot of people really need that low moment. And, you know, looking back on it, hindsight is 2020. I'm grateful for all those experiences that sucked in the moment because that was the fork in the road that really caused me to take massive action on this stuff. So had a lot of those things never happened, I probably would not be where I am today. So I'm actually grateful that I learned game a little too late in life. But um, one interesting aspect is, you know, imagine like a lot of guys will come to our boot camps. A lot of guys will sign up for our virtual boot camp if you can't make it to an in-person one. And we'll be asking them a little bit of their details about their dating life, uh, kind of what they're struggling with. And it, it, it really surprises me how, how many men are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, even 60s, every now and then 70s, and they all feel like they're too old to be in the game. And when I tell a 35 year old man who's insecure about the fact that, you know, he's 35 and he's single, he doesn't really have a lot of experience with women, or maybe he, he was, he got out of a long relationship and feels like he lost his mojo and doesn't necessarily have the confidence that he used to have with women. Um, that guy's paradigm instantly shifts when I tell him about, um, Bruce, uh, is it Bruce? I think it's Brent. I'm actually writing an email about him tomorrow that I'm sending out to the email list. Brent, 72-year-old client, and we were at we were at a boot camp in Las Vegas, and he's approaching girls who are one-third of his age and crushing it. You know, he's getting their phone numbers. I'm coming in. I'm being a wingman for him. And Bruce is kind of like uh, Brent. <laughs> Brent. He's kind of like the type of guy who, um, I'll be honest, his name is Bruce, but I for, for the email purposes, I changed his name to Brent. That's why I keep getting his name backwards. Um, but, uh, Bruce, we were in Vegas and I'll be honest, man, when people realize that someone like him can get these results, they don't necessarily feel so bad about being 35 anymore. Right. And I think what it really comes down to is a lot of what we're going to talk about in today's video, but I would say, don't, don't beat yourself up for having to learn this stuff a little too late, mostly because you'll realize that as Tony Robbins says, you know, life happens for you, not to you. You know, you had to go through the shit that you had to, that you went through that sucked at the time, but it only led you here. And hopefully I can be one of those, uh, what's a, not a, I can be an enzyme, not an enzyme. I can be a, I can be an accelerator of your dating life for you. Um, obviously just coming on and delivering value. So if you guys have any questions, I would love to answer them. Uh, Dr. Kryptonite, my man, he says, what up my man? I missed the call earlier. Yes, you did. 
Every Thursday night, by the way, right before we go live on the YouTube channel, uh, me and all the bootcamp students and our inner circle members and our private clients, um, we go live for a live coaching call that's private before the public one on YouTube. So that is what he is referring to. Um, but anyways, let's get into the first concept about 10xing your ability to attract women. And I think this one is obviously the obvious one that most people think about. And I wanted to start obvious because I want this thing to get more and more mind blowing as we go on. But the first one is conversational chemistry. Do you two relate to each other as human to human, man to woman in person? Right. And I think this is the key. This is why I made this, this distinction earlier. It has to be in person. The game can only be played in person. So many of you guys are trying to attract women through text, through DM, online, on the phone, but you've never met this girl. And the fact of the matter is the game can only be played in person because at the end of the day, uh, <laughs> like physical intimacy, which we'll get to here a little bit later is at least half of a, of a relationship with two people relating to each other. And whether your goal is to hook up with a lot of women or develop ab abundance in your dating life, or you just want that one awesome ride or die girl for you, if you're not meeting these women in person, um, you're really shooting yourself in the foot because the game itself can only be played in person. Now, with that understanding in mind, let's go to the conversational chemistry, right? A lot of men struggle to attract women or even worse, they'll get a girl attracted to him, whether they know how they did it or not. And over time, maybe if they happen to fall into a relationship with this girl, the relationship dies, the passion dies, the, the marriage ends in a brutal divorce because at some point you stopped attracting her. You stopped doing the things in conversation moment to moment that attracted to her to begin with and that will keep her attracted to you over the long haul. I'll give you two examples. One example is shit tests. A lot of guys dread shit tests in conversation. A lot of guys think, well, if this girl's like making fun of me, like she's pointing out how I'm bald or she's pointing out the fact that she's taller than me and I'm short, or she's pointing out something that I might be insecure about. First off, that, that thing only has power if you give it power, right? If you're not insecure about the fact that you're bald and maybe you like the way you look better when you're bald and then a girl makes fun of you for being bald, and then it makes you feel insecure. It only has power over you as a, as a shit test if you give it power, if you're actually insecure about it. Now, if you're actually insecure about that, now we gotta talk about are you, uh, are you failing this shit test or getting emotionally reactive um, because you're weighing the words of a girl you just met a little bit too much, which is a whole other conversation. But at the end of the day, I love, I love when a girl tests me because it's a perfect opportunity for me to pass the test. And just like passing a test, these, this is something that comes like a skill, like shooting free throws. Someone who hasn't shot a free throw um, for more than a few weeks is gonna probably suck at consistently making free throws. But do you think Steph Curry, who has like a 90 plus percent free throw percentage at the free throw line in the NBA, um, do you think he uh, came out the womb shooting good? I'll be honest, he did not. Because if you go back and look at Steph Curry's story, he had to redo his entire shot in high school because he was always the short guy, but now he had to be a six foot three guy and learning how to shoot not from his chest, but up here. So he had to redo everything from scratch. But to do that takes what? What does it take? If you're in the comments, what does it take? It takes massive fucking repetition, massive action taking. And a lot of guys don't realize that when a girl shit tests you, 
it's a perfect opportunity for you to make her more attracted to you in the moment. And obviously, the better you get at attracting women and becoming more of the facilitator of sexual tension or conversational tension, the less you'll actually get tested and the less severe the test will be because sometimes a woman will just get a sense off of you that, oh, this is not the type of guy that I even really need to test because I can already tell he's the type of person who is this confident, uh, attractive, high value guy that he's portraying himself to be, right? So the more congruent you become with your thoughts, words, actions, and how you carry yourself and your confidence, the more you take action, naturally the less you'll get shit tested. But this is just an example of like conversational chemistry because at the end of the day, whether it's the beginning of a relationship or the end of your relationship, no girl is ever gonna stop testing you. My girl to this day still tests me as much as she did on night one. Not because like I'm terrible at, at being a man and I have no masculine polarity and feminine. Like that's not what it comes down to. It's just female nature. Women are constantly going to be po trying to poke holes in your frame. Women are constantly going to be trying to test your decisiveness, test your resilience in the moment, test how sure you are of yourself. And she might do it in subtle ways, like questioning if we really should go out eat at this place versus this place, or I don't know if we should go this way versus that way on the, on the Google maps or whatever. It's, it could be little things like that, or it could be a verbatim just making fun of you in the moment. Right. But at the end of the day, it has no power unless you give it power. And so here's a couple of things that I want you to, here's the second example. That was the first example was test. But the second example of conversational chemistry is like one of my favorite ways, because it's the easiest, it's the most classic, and it's worked for thousands and thousands of years to attract women is push pull, mastering the art of validate, invalidate, hot, cold, bring putting on the tension, taking the tension away. And I'm doing, there's like, I can give you what to say or specific specific examples. Um, and, I, and I'm more than happy to do that. And I have a whole handful in this book, but really you are limited by your own creativity on this. Um, here, I wrote down three um, uh, right here, just for the sake of this this podcast, if you will, um, that, that just literally off the top of my head from examples I could think of as like, things that I've done with my girlfriend um, in recent days. But keep in mind, these are the same types of things I would do, whether it's the first 30 seconds I met her or several years into a relationship. Ironically, my girlfriend that I have today, I met at a nightclub in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I met her, uh, we went home back to my place, which was a walking distance from the nightclub, five minutes after meeting each other. So if we, if we talk about like the old school five minute pull, this was one of the few five minute pulls I've had in my day. And any guy who says I get five minute pulls every fucking weekend is lying to you. Five minute pulls are, are like, it's like winning the lottery. It's like making a full court shot. It doesn't really come down to your skill. You could have all skill, all the skill in the world. It comes down to a combination of luck, timing, skill, and logistics. And like, and logistics includes where do you live? Where does she live? Who are you with? Who is she with? What time of the night is it? Who else is in the environment? Like, so it could be any number of random factors. But anyways, this is one of those examples. So ironically, everything I teach in this video has applied to my entire dynamic with this with this woman. So here's a couple of examples. Maybe you go and give this girl a hug. It could be a one-armed hug. It could be a really nice bear hug. It doesn't really matter. But then you end the hug like half a second early and you push her away gently and you say, all right, that's enough. Get off of me. Right. You pull her in and then you physically literally like push her away in a playful way. Not like get off me, bitch. 
and you don't throw her to the side, but it's playful, right? And that's the other thing. I think a lot of guys, um, and these, I'll give you a couple more examples, but a lot of guys, especially when it comes down to like things you say in conversation, um, it, I think what, if, if you're not really getting the result that you want, or you feel like maybe some of this stuff is too offensive, like I could never hug a girl and push her away half a second early and say, get off of me. Cause that would, that would just be mean. And I'm not a mean guy. Well, if that's what you think, well, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're in for a rude awakening. But second, um, I would say it really comes down to your playful tonality. And if she can tell that you're joking, cause a guy who says, <laughs> I'm not attracted to you. We could never be together. That, that's got like a, got a different energy than, wow, you're from Texas. We could never be together. Like, I'm so not attracted to you right now. Very different, right? Well, what did you, what, what's the difference that you saw there, Chris? Definitely the tonality. Yeah. So if you're not getting the results or maybe you feel like you're being too offensive by doing some of this stuff, um, tweak the tonality. Right? And that's the best part about taking action, especially imperfect action, is the next time you try it, you can just do it a little bit different way and see if you see if you get a different and or a better result, if that makes sense. So another example is like, um, sometimes like I remember uh, if a girl was like at my place and it was like after we were hooking up and I was sending her on her way, uh, I would give her a hug and I would say like drive safe as she's leaving and then I'd say, all right, now get the fuck out and I'd open the door and shut it behind her. Or even with my girl today, sometimes she'll be saying, all right, I'm gonna go somewhere and she'll be like, all right, uh, I'm leaving. I'll be like, all right, cool, drive safe. Now get the fuck out, (laughs) you know? But it's just like, it's just like a fun, it's like a, it's like a half takeaway. It's like a half compliment. It's like a, it's like a backhanded, just like compliment or a forehanded insult, whatever you wanna call it. Um, (laughs) Another another one is uh, you're cute for once. Good job. You know, you just do that pause for her to feel like the classic compliment. Oh, you're so cute, babe. For once, you know, and that pause is crucial for her to feel the emotion of like, oh, he complimented me. And then you do a takeaway because here's the thing. People always want what they can't have, but people also want things that are retreating away from them. So it comes down to practicing the tonality, making sure it's playful, but also practicing the timing, the deliverable or the, the, the delivery of some of these, of some of these playful lines. So if you're on YouTube right now and you're relatively new to raw dating advice, and maybe you don't yet have my book, well, let me, let me just give a couple examples in here and I'll just kind of read them in in a couple of different ways that might give you like, well, how did this impression differ versus another impression? Like did the tonality make a difference or not? Um, do you think that'd be valuable, Chris? Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and do it. We need like a laugh track or a. <laughs> I think they can hear it on YouTube. Um, all right. When she tells you an interesting fact about herself, I can't talk to you anymore. You're way too nice for me. So like if she tells you, name a random fact, Chris. Texas has big burgers. Texas, and do you like those burgers? Yeah. You like burgers from, I can't talk to you anymore. You're way too nice for me, right? If I found out any random fact, but here's the difference. Now say you like burgers from Texas. I like burgers from Texas. I can't talk to you anymore. You're way too nice for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. 
that's an extreme example because I want you guys to see the difference. But sometimes what a lot of guys don't realize, I see this ironically more than you would you would hope, is like if a guy is really anxious and like really nervous and is not used to breaking rapport and like and like almost disqualifying a girl in a in a way like that, and he's never done this because he's like so nervous and anxious and like in the moment kind of like worried if it's going to go right or not worried if other people are judging him negatively it's like the delivery comes out like he's about to kill her you know <laughs> dude at the last boot camp i don't i would love to put this on youtube but just for the sake of for the sake of saving face for the people involved i won't <laughs> but um there was one example where uh Actually, a, a client of mine who this is my first time actually meeting him in person because he came to the in-person boot camp. By the way, um, we have a boot camp coming up this summer in like two or three months from now in June. Um, if you're interested in attending, we have about 10 spots left. It's going to be in Phoenix, Arizona. Weather's getting amazing here. Um, all the pool parties are starting to open and literally all the clubs and stuff are opening back up. We're almost at full capacity. So it's going to be amazing <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. So if you're interested in joining us for the boot camp, uh, it's going to be a small group because I, I definitely want to be able to give you that one-on-one -on -one attention, which is why we only have about 10 spots left. So the link to that is in the first description in the, in, in the link below this video on YouTube. Uh, uh, if you want to check that out, just go ahead and check out that page and, and follow that page if you want to potentially attend and join us. But uh, at the last boot camp, we had these banter sessions um, where basically what happens is um, you get to go up and you get seven in, seven minutes in heaven with one of the raw dating advice uh, wing girls. And uh, seven minutes in heaven is basically like a seven minute banter session, not meaning you get to go in a closet and make out with this chick, right? Um, but you, you get seven minutes to banter with her and you guys, you, we, we set up a scenario, you approach her, but then if the conversation runs flat or maybe you're not delivering something with the right tonality or something, I'm able to pause the interaction in the moment and give you feedback on what to tweak in the moment and a lot of these guys are so mind blown by the differences between the beginning of their seven minute banter session and the end. And I think the cool part for me as a coach is like guys literally having that light bulb moment in their eyes where it's like, Oh shit, I can do this. You know, I, if only I just tweak this and tweak that, um, which are very easy tweaks to make in the moment. Right. But this guy, um, I think he, I, I think he has a lot of social anxiety. We'll just put it that way, right? And so um, when he was uh, talking to this girl, we kind of gave him like uh, an example of something to say, but his delivery was like, it was it was a disqualifying line. And I remember it was like, they were pretending they were at a, at a Kelsey Ballerini concert who apparently is like a, a country singer. And he had a Kelsey Ballerini graphic tee on, which is kind of stylish. And he also had a Kelsey Ballerini keychain on his keychain. And I remember the girl, uh, the, the one of the raw dating advice wing girls in the banter session was like, oh, I'm actually, I don't necessarily know who Kelsey Ballerini is. I don't think she was into country music. And his delivery was like, he, he was like, <sighs> and he went to his back pocket and I don't know what he's about to do. And he does not look happy because he's so fucking nervous. I thought he was about to pull out a gun and fucking shoot this place up. Like, but he really, he was like, 
<laughs> I, and it, I think this is also coming off of a lesson where um, I, I gave them the example of like, sometimes if you just drop an F-bomb in the first 30 seconds, it's like a pattern interrupt that kind of like snaps her attention to you. And he goes, what? I fucking love Kelsey Ballerini. And he pulls out his keychain and he was like struggling to pull it out. And when he pulled it out, I was like, oh God, thank God it was just a keychain, right? <laughs> and so that's an example of like how your delivery the, the content of what you say can completely be altered by the way you deliver it. So a lot of times I think this just comes down to um, if you can find like two to three playfully challenging lines, a lot like the one example that we did where it's like if you find out a random fact about her, you just, you this is like one of your go-tos. You say, oh, we can never be together. You're way too nice for me. But you practice the delivery on that. Take two to three of those. And then in the mirror to yourself every day, practice delivering it in a different context practice like almost like if you're a boxer or you're a fighter shadow boxing like conversation shadow box your delivery and your timing with this stuff and you'll get it down and, and here's the cool part is even if you don't get it the first time or the second time if you just objectively look at your situations and go okay why did this situation not work out how i kind of intended um what you'll find is, oh, maybe my tonality could have been a little bit more playful. Maybe the timing of when I drop that in conversation could have been a little bit different. One example that's a personal example of mine is I remember when I was, um, a lot of you guys know that I, I dropped out of dental school to become a dating coach. Well, when I first got to dental school, um, I, I made a very crucial mistake that I, I learned a valuable lesson out of, which was I was trying to game every girl in my dental school class, which I realize is not a wise idea for people you have to spend every day for the next four years with. Um, but uh, one of the girls, I, I specifically remember, it was like one of our first weeks of dental school. We were at this like country karaoke bar in Scottsdale or Phoenix or something. And um, I just met this girl who was in my class and she happened to be from Texas. And I literally, literally said, Oh, you're from Texas. I usually love girls from Texas, but it's too bad. I'm not attracted to you. And she, I didn't say it with even a, a, as much of a playful tonality that I said here. And I remember her face went from lit up to like, she was hurt by me saying that. And I don't think it was necessarily because of like, she was like really into me. I think it was just like a, a not very well-timed could have been more playful playfully challenging line, right? And so with extreme examples like that, you'll learn really quickly through trial and error. But here's the thing. I got an email today from one of the guys, ironically, who's been in one of my coaching programs called Legendary Game for over a year. And this this blew my mind. And I will say, he he did say he might've, like, I think he's a little bit on the spectrum um, to where he has like some social anxiety, but it blew my mind because if you're in my program for a year and I don't hear from you, I assume you're taking action. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong to do that because he emailed me and he said, Hey, I've been in legendary game for about a year and I'm just not quite sure. How do I know if this is right for me? Will it work if I do this? Will it work in this situation? And what that instantly told me is like, yo, you've been sitting here learning for a year, but you haven't implemented once. And now I'm like, well, dude, like, why didn't you ask me this like in month one, not 12 months later? Uh, and so if if some of you guys maybe feel like, oh, I've heard this before or I, I know this, but you're still struggling, question yourself on how much action you're really taking in your dating life because 
Yes, you can learn faster by getting in the right environments, getting a coach who can tell you what to what to do, but more importantly, what not to do. But more importantly, learning through trial and error. It shouldn't be just learning from a coach or just learning through trial and error. I would say learn through trial and error so you're teaching yourself, but also learn from a coach so you don't have to make all the dumb mistakes that comes with just blindly taking action. So um, there's several aspects to this, but let me know if that's resonating with any of you guys. And if you're on YouTube, keep commenting, like keep engaged with me. I want to know, um, you know, how, is this resonating with you? Do you guys have an experience that you want to share? Do you have a question you would like me to address? Um, so that's the first thing is really focus on the conversational chemistry because what keeps a girl attracted to you in the moment, the first time you met her, it's going to be the exact same things that keep her attracted to you over the long haul. And that's why I wrote this book in literally three, um, I guess phases, if you will, the, or three parts, I would say the part three obsession is really about like, how do, how do I keep a girl in, attracted to me long-term? So this whole book is about the concept of attraction. Now there are technically 11 other skills that go into becoming the, the, the most high value dater you could possibly be the most masculine version of yourself. Attraction is just one of those skills, but it's the one that moves the needle fastest for most guys, which is why I teach it in my book and I gave this book away for free um, because I know if I can get you at least taking action with this stuff, then we'll really be able to uh, accelerate your results when you come to a boot camp or go or even join my my online virtual boot camp, Women on Demand. So, couple couple things to keep in mind, but I think before we get into the second point, which is going to be physical chemistry, um, let's draw another card. So, Chris, pick a card, any card. What you don't know is I forced that one on you. <laughs> what up, what up? If you're on Instagram or if you're on YouTube, I'm about to uh, take a call when I get through the third point out of three. Um, we're gonna take a call, live caller on Instagram. We're gonna start doing this every week as well. So would you rather, would you rather have an extra $500 a month or an extra two hours a day? What about you, Chris? What do you think? Would you rather have an extra $500 a month or an extra two hours a day? I'm curious, as we're pulling these cards, um, go ahead and at, answer them in the comments on YouTube, if you're on YouTube. I wanna know what you guys would think as well. Um, I, I wanna hear your answer first, Chris. What would you rather have? Two hours a day. Why do you say that? I think I really have value of just like time is money. Yeah? So, Yeah. Isn't it crazy that the only thing that determines that we have 24 hours in a day is the fact that our earth is this size and the sun is this size and has this mass and we're in our position in space. So technically of the trillions and trillions of other potentially life sustaining planets out there in the universe, there might be another planet that has a 28 hour day or a 36 hour day or a 14 hour day, depending on their position relative to their star. <laughs> here's here's why i would actually say different i would rather have an extra 500 dollars a month um here's why because what is that what is that rule that it's like your the work will always expand to fit the time that you give it so if you set a deadline for two weeks or you tell yourself i have to get these things done in the next six hours you will expand that work 
to fit that time allotted. So if we had 26 hours in a day, I guarantee in general, most people would not be, uh, they would not be any more productive than they are today with 24 hours in a day. Does that make sense? What do you guys think on YouTube or Instagram? Kryptonite says, Dr. Kryptonite says he wants two hours in a day. Again, I think you guys, here's the other aspect. If you're thinking time is money, I would rather just take money that didn't take any of my time, which is 500 bucks. That I didn't have to do any work to earn that 500 bucks. I didn't have to put any time and energy. And I can turn that money into more money by making the right investments. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Put your money in Bitcoin. Put your money in Omnicoin. Omnicoin. <laughs> this is not financial advice. I just want to make good returns on my investments. So put your money in Bitcoin. Anyways. <laughs> So let's get to the, the second point, the way that you're really going to 10X your ability to attract women, whether you're just starting out or whether you're a little bit more advanced in the game. Um, and even if you want to date a lot of women, create a roster so you can date in abundance or choose the girl you want from abundance. Uh, the next thing is physical chemistry. Here's why I say this. Um, <clears throat> Dr. Kryptonite says, it would give me more time to do the shit I like to do. I guess that is a good way of looking at it. Maybe I'm just a workaholic. <laughs> um, so this physical chemistry, I think this is an important one to make and point out simply because of the amount of questions I get for how to DM girls that you have no chance of meeting in person or how to talk to girls online that you have never met before. Because what these guys don't quite realize is they're not even in the game yet if you haven't met this girl in person, right? Here's an example I gave on a training around uh, that I gave last summer. <clears throat> Excuse me, PBR. Um, uh, I gave a training last summer where I was talking about the concept of the middleman in dating and how the middleman gives you the illusion of control. And I'll make that point here. Uh, but here's an example. Let's pretend Michael Jordan and uh, Charles Barkley in their basketball prime, so in the 90s, they're sending an email to each other because I don't think they had texting back then. So they're emailing each other and they're like, hey, Michael, I'm gonna kick your ass in one-on-one -on -one basketball. And MJ responds to Charles Barkley. He goes, no, Charles, I'm gonna fucking kick your ass, right? Let's say they never meet up and they never play one-on-one -on -one basketball. Who wins the game of one-on-one? -on -one? The answer is obvious. Nobody wins because they never met up. It was all just like online. It was all hypotheticals. It was all in their own head, right? Let's make another example. Let's say Charles Barkley and MJ do meet up, right? And Charles Barkley has more points at the end of the game. Who wins? Obviously Charles, right? Because they met up, they played, Charles scored more points. And if Michael scored more points, then Michael wins. Now let's say they didn't actually meet up and they wake up and realize, as Biggie said, it was all a dream. And they never actually did it. It was all in their own head. Who won the game? Nobody won the game because it's all in your own fucking head. So many of you guys are mentally masturbating at the idea of women that you chat to online and you're not even realizing that you're not in the game. Your skills have not improved. Your ability to create conversational tension has not improved. Your ability to sit on your couch and message women in online maybe has improved, but does that allow you to reproduce? Does that allow you to carry your genetics onto the next generation? Does that allow you to um, get some pleasure from something that isn't named Jill? No, because it's not in person. You might as well be mentally masturbating, all right? So you need to be meeting up or prioritizing meeting these girls in person or you're not even in the game. Does this make sense? Give me a thumbs up or drop a comment if this is making sense to you. 
right? Because once you realize that, then we can build on top of that. And here's the thing, it, a lot of guys, what I, I think I always feel bad for people who, because of their values, which is their values and it's on them, choose to not kiss or not have any physical intimacy until marriage. That's on you. If that's you, no judgments here, right? But what I've found just through my personal experience and what I've observed in a lot of the best relationships that I can think of off the top of my head, more often than not, these relationships started off with a physical connection as well as that that chem conversational chemistry uh, together very early on. Example, my girl who I've been with for you know a while at this point, we started off with very good physical chemistry. And then because we already knew we had that physical chemistry, we could build on top of that, really exploring if we get along as people. And I think so many guys get that backwards. They wanna to get to know someone as a person so much before they actually meet in person or have that physical intimacy. And what happens if you, what happens, <laughs> what happens if it's like that Afro man song where she had green hair, but damn, she looked good. You took her to her house cause she was fine, but then she whooped out a dick that was bigger than mine. You gotta wait until marriage to find out she has a dick that's bigger than yours? Come on now. So I think so many guys don't necessarily look at the the fact that physical chemistry does play a bigger role in not only attracting women, but keeping her attracted to you more than you might realize. Um, this is why a lot of times, even in the moment, like if we're going macro, macro, or micro, <laughs> micro to the moment, if you're on a date and this is your first time hanging out with this girl, and let's say, you know, you, by the end of the date, you're like, okay, well, how do I go for the kiss? How do I get this girl to kiss me? Um, you know, uh, I want to, I want to make sure that I don't, I do it without semen. Try hard. Well, if you're thinking like that, you've probably already lost because what that tells me as a dating coach and as someone who's been in those shoes before is you probably weren't touching her very much during the course of this date. And it doesn't have to be sexual touches. You don't have to be doing the Donald Trump grab her by the pussy. You can be just nudging her on the arm, right? So it doesn't have to be sexual in nature, but just having that physical chemistry is a big part. If you're reaching the end of the date and you have to awkwardly give her a hug and then maybe go for a kiss by awkwardly giving her a hug, yeah, just know you you your your game has a lot of room to improve. Let's just say that, right? Because more often than not, especially when you start improving your ability to attract women and you're getting more of this conversational chemistry stuff down, um, the physical chemistry naturally kind of gets tied hand in hand with that, you know? And so more often than not, if my day's going well, um, or we actually do relate to each other as people, the a first kiss might happen or even a kiss on the cheek might happen in the first 30 minutes to an hour, you know, depending on how much conversation I want to have with this girl. But even without the kiss, um, I'm gently nudging her on the arm. I'm grabbing by her by the hand. I'm leading her around. I'm putting my hand on the small of her back when she's going through a door or something. Um, it's little things like this, but also I'm just that guy. And this is how I teach it to any of my clients is like, give yourself the permission to just be that guy who's comfortable touching people as a, as a form of expression while you communicate. You know, if you, if you and I were hanging out, I think you, I, I noticed this when I actually watched my documentary, um, as conceited as, as that sounds, uh, I watched it a couple nights ago again, cause it's been over a year since I'd seen it. And, uh, 
I realized like I was even just like little things like when I would address some uh, one of the dudes at the boot camp, I'd put my arm on his shoulder and not even it's like subconscious, right? But I'm just that guy with everybody, man, woman, male, female. It doesn't matter if we know each other or not. I use physical touch as a form of expression. So if I'm addressing you in conversation or I come up to you in a group of people, I might put my hand on the on your on your shoulder or something and say something while I stare look at you in the eyes and uh, make that seductive eye contact. But I'm also gonna do that with women too, right? I'm I'm not actually gonna make seductive eye contact with you. I'm joking, Jesus. Um, but give yourself permission to just be that guy. So physical touch becomes a natural part of just how you communicate with people. And it's, again, this is gonna be another one of those things where you just kind of calibrate. Sometimes you're gonna go over the top. Sometimes you're not gonna go enough and you're gonna you're gonna be too nervous or too timid about it. And what, what you'll need to find is that happy middle ground. And it just comes through taking action and then learning from a coach, learning some of the best ways to break the touch barrier. I literally have a whole entire course called Escalation Secrets about how to break the touch barrier. If you're curious about checking that out, pick up the book. It's a, it's an upgrade for the book. And so, um, escalation secrets, breaking the touch barrier is an art and a skill, but it's absolutely necessary. And obviously something that you can't do if you are only talking to this girl on, in person, um, doing the Manti Teo. Why Manti? No, anybody else get that? <laughs> I don't think Chris gets that reference cause he doesn't watch sports. Anyways, Let's see if we have any questions coming in on YouTube. Let's see what the YouTube grind is all about. Abdul, what up, Patrick? Leroy, Dogecoin, Dogecoin. Andrew Anise, he says he also wants the 500 bucks. See, 500 bucks. Eric says he wants the two hours. Man, it's kind of divided on this. I did not expect that. Um, anyways, uh, let's get into the last one and then we'll take a live call on Instagram, but we got one more, one more card to draw before we do the the live. Before I bring this home for you guys, so Chris, go ahead, pick a card, any card. You're really trying to force that. <laughs> All right. All right, and this is this question also goes to you guys on Instagram and on YouTube. What was your proudest moment from the past twelve months? <sighs> This moment. Last 12 months. Damn. I don't know. So when I get answer or questions like this, like, what's your favorite movie? It's like there's been so many movies that it's like hard to choose one. So what I usually do with questions like this is the first one that comes to my mind is probably the most relevant to me. So I'll I just make that my answer. And for some reason, the thing that came to mind for me was when I wrote that uh, email to the email list and uh, it was about the RDA philosophy, being, being a resilient, decisive action taker um, and, and seeing the overwhelming responses that we got from all the guys who read that email and got a lot of value out of it. I wrote it because it felt, it felt relevant in the moment um, and I, I definitely wanted to give good value, obviously, but to see that it resonated with so many guys in such a way, I think it was like, the first week of January is like supposed to kick the kick off the new year. Right. Um, I think that one made me proud just because I, I appreciated how it had an impact on other people. And I think at this point, what I'm really going for is just growing my impact. Um, and that's why I don't, I don't talk about this a whole lot. Um, but I probably should start talking about it more. My mission 
I want to, I want to, I want to change a million lives with raw dating advice. So the first baby steps to get there, you know, we're about to hit 30,000 subscribers on, on YouTube. Um, let's get that to a hundred. Let's get that to a million, but more importantly, a million lives impacted by the advice that we give a million lives changed by the advice that we give. And I think anybody who's realistically seen the documentary or anybody who came to the last boot camp or has been in any of my private coaching programs, you know, from firsthand experience, like I live this shit. I practice this shit. I teach it from experience and I genuinely care about getting you guys results uh, in your dating life. And I think, I think that can't be said for a lot of the other people in this industry. Um, and I'll just kind of leave it at that. So that was the proudest moment for me, but I'm curious, what was a proud moment for you guys who are tuning in? Uh, so let's get to the third one. And this one I think is something that most guys very much underlook, which is, I call it, I call it your edginess and I call it your edginess because without this one thing, you're, it's hard for you to latch onto as a woman. You're like, um, as a, as an old friend once said, it's like, you're a circle. And if she's like trying to grip the circle, it's like keep slipping out of her hands because there's no edges for her to grip onto. The moment you start doing this, which is probably counterintuitive to a lot of what a lot of guys think might actually work to attract women. And more importantly, keep them dedicated to you over the long haul. This is where this one really comes in. And that is having a mission and a vision for your life above women. Um, and you know, a lot of this will come down to just you and your personal growth as a person, not just as a man, but also as a person becoming more self-validated, becoming more, uh, developing a higher self-esteem, acting less from ego, but also having goals for yourself, um, being ambitious about your goals, taking action towards your goals. Most guys don't have goals. If you ask someone what their plan is in five years or what, where they want to be in five years, um, a lot of guys probably get intimidated by the question. I know a prior version of myself um, in previous years might've thought that was like a stupid question because I'm like, maybe that's like a question I'd have to answer in like a, a dental school interview or a medical school interview. But that's not a question that a lot of guys actually contemplate on a regular basis. So one thing that I always recommend, and this is very simple action set for you, is set ambitious goals for yourself in your life and you know, a lot of people like to think of it as like the secret or, you know, law of manifestation. I have a really good friend um, named Clark who has like, I think he just hit 500 K on YouTube. Um, but a lot of his messaging is like law of attraction manifestation. I'm not saying that you should be a manifesting shit, right? But what I am saying is that if you can regularly remind yourself of what it is that you're working towards in life, it kind of gives you perspective in a way that most guys who are emotionally reactive to women don't have, right? So for example, if you're, if you're trying to line up your date, your week with dates and you're texting two, three different women, or let's say you're just texting when one, one girl and you don't have like a genuine abundance right now. Well, if you have plans to meet up with this girl on Thursday night, cause it's Thursday night, and for whatever reason, she flakes out. She either doesn't show up or she comes up with a last second excuse on why she can't come, whatever it is. Are you being, being honest with yourself? Does that hurt your feelings? Like what is your primal first instinctual response? Do you get butt hurt? Do you get mad? Do you get sad? Do you go sulk in your bedroom? Um, do you, do you go masturbate to porn 
or do you kind of get relieved, like a sense of relief? I'll tell you what, especially when I was like creating a lot of abundance for my life and I was, I was trying to get as many options as possible for myself. Um, and I was going out probably four or five times a week, uh, especially when I was no longer in dental school. If a girl flaked on me for whatever reason, it made me happier because now I had more time as we were talking about earlier to continue working on raw dating advice only because obviously I'm more emotionally attached to my own goals that I have full control over versus the validation from this one girl who I may or may not even remember her name in several years. Um, and I can't control whether she wants to validate me or not. Right. I would rather put my emotions uh, and my and my time and energy and resources into things that I can control, which is as a man having a mission and a vision in life above women for yourself. Now, here's the distinction for me for a very long time because my whole mission is raw dating advice. This is my vision. This is 90% of my thoughts in the day are dedicated to growing raw dating advice and impacting more people on raw dating advice. Now, because of that, um, you know, if a, if a guy like, I completely lost my train of thought for a second. Um, but because of that, uh, when a girl flakes on me, it, it just doesn't affect me. I would rather have more time to dedicate towards that. Right. And so, okay. So here's the point I was going to make is like, if I'm so because I am a dating coach and this is kind of my thing for a long time, I was confused. I was like, well, if my mission and vision in life is raw dating advice, how can I do this and, and grow my own skills in dating so I can eventually coach a million men to do the same? Um, isn't my mission in life kind of related to women? And here's the distinction. If I approach a girl or if I text a girl, especially if this is just a means to me growing my mission and vision in life, it's because I'm doing it for me. Whether or not I get the result with that one specific girl or not, I don't attach my my ego, my emotions, my self-image to that because I learn I I take it as a learning experience. And anytime I feel confused or frustrated, I've just learned to reframe that feeling as um as like excitement because I'm about to have a major breakthrough. So um that's kind of where where you know having a mission in life really does benefit you, especially when a girl playfully shit tests you in the moment and maybe it does affect you or throw you off your path a little bit. Right. And here's the other distinction I would say is like, if you're maybe a guy who this is regardless of your, of your age, you could be young twenties or you could be in your thirties or forties and still not quite know what your mission or your vision for your life is. Um, and that's okay. You know, David data relates this to the layers of the onion. You know, an onion has however many fucking layers, but what you need to realize is where you are at in your life is exactly where you should be because it's one step, whether you realize it or not, one step closer to your core, right? So every onion has a core inside of all those layers. Right now, you're just on out one of the outer layers. And whether or not what you think is your mission in life right now turns out to be your actual like core purpose is irrelevant because even if it's not, you'll shed that layer and now you'll be one layer closer to your core purpose. And so if you want to read more about that, that's in David Data's The Way of the Superior Man. But right now, my purpose is raw dating advice and it has been for a while and I feel like I'm closer to my core 
uh, purpose than a lot of men my age are simply because of my ability to delay gratification and take bigger risks. Like dropping out of dental school was a big risk. Approaching women was a big risk. Starting a YouTube channel instead of a guaranteed doctor's salary about picking up chicks is a big risk. But because of the big risk, now I'm actually a lot closer to my core purpose than a lot of guys who might've felt that urge to pursue something, but put it off for their 30s, 40s, or 50s because the timing wasn't right. Here's the thing, there will never be a perfect time. Taking action and pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone will always be inconvenient. And your ability to put up that with that risk and tolerate risk now is only gonna help you reach your core faster and, and give you more clarity on what that is faster. So that's what I would say. Now let's take a live call on Instagram, which is ironic because I feel like we've been live for so long on Instagram that all the people who were engaged have left. So if you're on YouTube, also open up an Instagram. And while that is happening, if you want, if you want to call in live, if not, I'll just fucking drink my beer and answer you guys' questions. I don't give a fuck. But um, let's uh, pull another card, Chris. All right, all right, all right. What was the best thing about how your parents raised you? I don't want to answer that question because I feel like we're going to get some random answers where I don't want this to turn into a therapy session. <laughs> uh, all right, what's one mistake you keep repeating? Ooh, one mistake I keep repeating. Well, let me ask you guys this while I think of an answer. What is one mistake that you keep repeating in your dating life? What is one mistake that you keep repeating in your dating life? Comment with that answer. Um, I would say one mistake I keep repeating is, mm, this is a hard question to answer because it comes really like being honest with yourself and having that self-awareness. And I feel like, ooh, I would say one mistake I keep repeating is skipping my workouts. Uh, I keep telling, I've been telling myself and the people around me for at least the last three years that I'm going to get back into shape. And I talk about my early twenties when I really was in really great shape, but at the same time, I don't work out near as much as I used to when I was 20 through 26, 27, 28. And so for the last couple of years, especially during 2020, uh, that's gone down to like one or two workouts a week, which I'm not proud of. And I think that's one mistake. And so one thing that I've been doing to alleviate that is I've been trying to really do a better job at uh, productivity and time management. And a lot of what it comes down to for me is getting, as my mentor would say, GSD on your MIT ASAP. So get shit done on your most important task as soon as possible, AKA your most important task to accomplish for the day should be the very first thing you do upon waking up. And what I've also had to learn, the older I've gotten and the more layers of the onion that I've peeled off, is that my most important task probably changes for the phase of life I'm in. For a long time, my most important task was study game so I could improve my game. After that, you know, my most important task became going to school. Then it became writing a very valuable email newsletter to my email list. And that was my most important task of the day every day for at least five years. Um, I would say within the last year as working out has become a bigger priority for me because now that I'm 31 as of last week, as exactly a week ago, um, 
uh, I'm realizing I need to do a better job at uh, just not letting my health go to the side. And so lately I've been planning my my mornings. So like what work do I need to get done in the morning? But the first thing I do is work out. And that has not always been the first thing I do. So anyways, I'm adaptable. So let's see if anybody wants to hop on a quick live call on Instagram. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, if not, um, what's an interesting story that I can tell? Chris, ask me, ask me a random question. Here, here's what I think is uh, a telltale sign of someone who knows what they're talking about and knows what they aren't talking about when it comes to dating advice is, am I able to quickly know what phase of dating you're in or like where your skill set is based off of your sticking point? And the answer is yes, because what I've found is that the natural progression of you approaching women, it's like, it's like door-to-door sales right? Every salesman is probably going to run into the same evolution of sticking points, just like approaching women. Approaching women is, is like a boot camp. It's, it's hard, but it's also because it's so hard, it builds up your skills a lot faster than relying on maybe one girl from Tinder and meet up with you once a month or once every quarter. Um, cause you're, you're getting so much more reference experience. Um, and so one of the first ones was, uh, learning how to create tension in the first 30 seconds to a minute. Um, and, and that comes down to being willing to break rapport to build rapport faster. And that's like a counterintuitive thing. A lot of guys try to build a connection with a girl right off the bat. Um, and, and, uh, a lot of times what you'll find is the quickest way to build rapport is by breaking rapport. It's counterintuitive, but think about in your life, how, who can you really make fun of or tease or, or like put down or playfully challenge Um, even if you like who in your life, can you do that? It's probably people that you have a deep connection with people that you already know, maybe your siblings, maybe your coworkers, maybe your friends. Right. And so if you just met this girl, but you're able to playfully tease her, it, it, it's like a connection shortcut because it, by breaking rapport right off the bat, it assumes that there was already ready rapport there to be able to break it. And so this is how you create that chemistry on command. That was one of the first sticking points and a guy who struggles with, attracting women, creating sexual tension. I can tell he's just starting out after that. The next logical progression is like, okay, if I approach a girl, um, I'm really good at like creating that tension. I'm really good at getting these girls attracted to me. And maybe the conversation has a lot of high charged banter. She's laughing her ass off. We're playfully hitting each other. Maybe this will turn into a, a make out really quickly or, or not on a consistent basis or not. But for some reason, after about five to 10 minutes, these, these conversations, these interactions like fizzle out really quickly and all that high charge banter, all that laughter, all that, like those fun emotions she was feeling, it like fizzles out like short fuses. And then she just scurries off into the night. You never see her again. Um, this can happen on your dates. It can happen, um, cold approaching girls, but if you're, this is probably in the next sticking point. And I would say a lot of people who are like, what I would say intermediate, they get stuck there because they get addicted to the feeling of creating attraction so much so that they don't feel the urgency to be able to carry on a conversation longer. But then they quickly realize that, Hey, even though I can approach these girls and get them attracted to me, why is it that I'm not going home with any of these girls at the end of the night, even if it's on a date? And what, what you'll realize is 
it comes down to um, uh, understanding how to bridge the gap between a connection or a, an attraction tension-based conversation to a connecting-based conversation, a conversation where you're really building up what I call the KLT factor, that no like trust factor. Because at the end of the day, if you want to go home with a girl, she's not going to just go home with a guy she finds physically attractive or emotionally attractive, which is what type of attraction we're talking about here. She's going to go home with a guy who she's not only emotionally attracted to, but also has uh, that no like trust factor with. If she doesn't know like trust you, um, there's no chance of you taking this any further. So that becomes another sticking point is how do you build that? A sticking point after that is like, okay, well, how do I, I can get this girl to become attracted to me. I can get interest in her wanting to see me, meet up with me, talk to me. We can hang out. We can have the best conversations, but how do I carry this on for longer than two weeks? AKA, how do I get how do I get her to want to sleep with me? So maybe I'm not good at physically escalating or physically leading this interaction logistically um, to where sex can occur, uh, as they used to say in the in the mystery method or like the game, the sex location. Uh, or um, uh, the other part is like, how do I get her? to want to develop a relationship with me. You know, a lot of guys struggle to just get past that two week mark. So it comes down to the physical leading logistically, or even just like getting her bought into your edginess as a person, your mission and your vision in life. Um, so yeah, that, does that make sense? They're, those are kind of like a handful of sticking points off the top of my head that a lot of guys will experience in dating. And I only know that cause I experienced all of them. <laughs> so yeah, let me see. Leroy found my purpose and excited for my journey for what's to come. Uh, awesome, man. That's fucking amazing. What is your purpose? I'm curious to know. Um, also Gaby roll. He says, yo, Patrick, you're a legend. Um, I will say this. And then if you, anybody on Instagram wants to hop on live and take a live call, uh, then, uh, we will do that. But I will say this, we have an upcoming bootcamp. June 4th, 5th, and 6th. It's the first weekend in June. We have about 10 spots left because we're keeping the group small, private, intimate. Obviously, we're going to be COVID safe. I got my vaccine yesterday, and all the guys who are coming are going to be COVID safe. The hotel where we're doing this has assured us it will be safe. And in Arizona, everything's opened up anyways, right? The bars, the nightclubs are all opening back up. The restaurants are back at full capacity. So Arizona is literally the Wild West. It's the Miami of the desert. So just like Florida is kind of wide open and everybody's partying. It's the same thing in Arizona. So if you want to come during literally one of the best times to be here, um, I would say take advantage of this opportunity. And if you've seen my documentary, if you've ever wanted to work with me closer in person, if you want to learn my personal system um, for meeting women and bantering with them uh, so where you can date, start dating women from abundance, um, aka what I used to use this system for was I would use this system to meet women. It didn't matter where I was. If I was even dropped in a random city, I could quickly have uh, have an abundance of options to where I could, if I wanted to, line up my date with, or my week with five dates a week if I wanted to. Now, a lot of guys don't necessarily have the time or the ambition to have five dates a week, <clears throat> but imagine if I can use this system to get five dates a week, what can you do with it? Could you get one date a week, two dates a week? How many dates are you currently going on? How many more dates could you be going on with a system like this? So if you wanna learn it from me in person, we're keeping the group small, private, intimate. The link with all the details you want to know are in the description box below this video. Um, and if you're interested in coming, 
there will be instructions on how to apply on the at the link in the description below this video as well. So um, I think that is kind of it. You know, uh, that's all I had to say. Let me know what did you guys think about the three. Um, surefire ways to 10x your ability to attract women. And I say 10x because the more action you take with this, you get exponential returns. It's kind of like crypto. You know, it's not about how much money you have invested into Bitcoin. It's about how much Bitcoin you own because the higher the price goes, the amount of money you have inflates. And so the more you take action with this stuff, the more skills you develop, which is the skills that we build and the skills that I would love to show you in person at our upcoming boot camp in Arizona. It's going to be a party, man. Um, follow that link in the description below, but either other than that, look forward to us doing these live streams, RDA after hours, every Thursday.